What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast a resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for our newsletter at SIDcast.fireside.com. .fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. Just like that, we are back with another episode of SIDcast. If you hear a little fan going in the background, do not mind that. I need that, or else David will melt in this chair right now. So the reason why we didn't have an episode last week, I was coming off of a, a, some sort of cold. I lost my voice for a few days. You can ask the people here at IU. Um, even took off some time from work just to kind of get over it a little bit. Uh, didn't really, wasn't able to drive for Uber because who? I'm sure the customers wouldn't appreciate me delivering their food uh sick so um was had to reschedule an interview uh because of this because i was real raspy uh coughing a lot especially in the morning and at night um when i usually and now i have to record so it's more in the evening now with people and it, it just was not a good time not good timing for everybody uh but was able to record with hannah last thursday uh and I was feeling up to that. Um, kind of had to shield the cough away a little bit. I think I might have done it if, once or twice through the uh, recording, but I might have cut it out. Um, if I didn't catch it, pardon me. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot going on here soon. Um, football is, I know a lot of you, probably your sports start either this weekend or next weekend, like us. Um, especially I have men's soccer next Friday and then football Lucas Oil. And on Sunday, I have both field hockey and men's soccer. So that's a little bit of an introduction into uh, my new tenure here. So really, really excited. Um, got all my stuff. Got ready to go. Uh, just excited is, is about the word that I can use. Um, we will keep this brief. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media, at Sports Infocast, on both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, got some news coming up here pretty soon, hopefully. Um, can't quite say anything yet about it, but again, excited is an understatement for it. Uh, being able to, to move forward with, with something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, Hannah, if you, Hannah Bradley, if you know that name, uh, at the SoCon right now, was at Wofford for a little while, uh, did her undergrad at Clemson. Now, when she was at Clemson, she got to not really got any sort of assignment or, or sport assignment that is until she was a GA with the Tigers, um, and then when she moved on from that, you go from all these resources and all these people helping you, all the staff, uh, the manpower. All of a sudden, she was an SID for a few months at a small Division II school. I think it's Division II. Forgive me if it's not Hannah. Uh, and, and how it kind of shocked her a little bit and how she kind of overcame that, how she has been able to use both experiences at Clemson, a large university, as well as a smaller Division II college, um, to her advantage when she moved back to South Carolina after taking some time away uh, from the state with her husband in uh, the great city of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, 
how she was able to climb back from that, be able to run her own office. Uh, and now, especially with her position with the Southern Conference, the differences that she's noticed and everything like that. We'll talk about aligning your uh, family goals if you're, if you're moving or maybe thinking about moving uh, here pretty soon or maybe in the future with your uh, significant other. Uh, we'll talk about aligning the goals and keeping that open line of communication. Kind of kind of a no-brainer. Just don't, don't blindside anybody. That's ridiculous to me. I heard a story the other day of somebody just kind of saying, hey, honey, we're moving. And, uh, yeah, kind of grind my gears a little bit. But, anyway, we will. I will stop rambling for you guys. I know that you've been waiting a long time. A long time. I know it's been, like, what, two weeks since our last episode, and I don't want to ever miss ever again. I feel really, really bad whenever I do. Uh, Thursdays just aren't the same without talking to a microphone to you guys. So we will start off episode number 132 of SID Cast with Hannah Brownlee of the Southern Conference right here on SID. Well, it wasn't always that way. Um, the the football, you know, success has come on in the years of late. I just kind of tell people I needed to graduate for that success to start because in my five years in school, we were 0-5 against our rivals and haven't lost since. So um, two national championships later in the last three years, feeling pretty good about it. But um, I am from South Carolina. I'm from a little town called North Augusta. It's about two and a half hours from Clemson and um, on the border with Augusta, Georgia. So not too far, far enough to, you know, have the college experience and not be in my parents' backyard, but close enough I could go home on the weekends and such. But um, I actually grew up a North Carolina fan. My parents are both from North Carolina, and um, that's just how they were raised. So that's what I grew up with. Uh, we watched the the Tar Heels. We, um, you know, we wore North Carolina clothes, like school spirit day and that kind of stuff in school. Everybody was wearing Clemson, Carolina, um, Georgia. And for me, it was North Carolina. And um, probably about junior year, I took a tour of Clemson because I came to the realization that to, to use the scholarship money that the state was giving me, I needed to stay in state to go to college. And uh, I just knew my hometown's about an hour from Columbia where University of South Carolina is. And I just knew that I didn't want to live in a big city. I just didn't see the appeal um, of of doing the big city life. My hometown's not like that. I just, that wasn't comfortable to me. So took a tour of Clemson, fell in love immediately. Um, small college town. It really has the college feel. Uh, Columbia's, the school's a little bit intermixed with the city. You know, the life and the nightlife and all that stuff's just greater. And I just felt more at home at Clemson. And so after I toured, honestly, that was, like I said, I think that was either sophomore or junior year, but that was the first time that I, it really clicked for me. Like, Oh, I get what this rivalry is about. Like I'm definitely Clemson because I do not want to to be in a big city. I don't want the big, the big campus, the big student body, you know, they're about twice as big. And, um, that was pretty much it from there. I just, I loved it on my visit. I knew I could use my scholarship. Um, and that's when I started kind of all right, well, I guess I'm going to wear this orange shirt now to school and let everybody know that this is where I'm leaning towards going. So once I got in, that was that was an easy decision for me. But, um, loved my, let's see, five years there. I graduated from undergrad and then stayed to be a GA. So I stayed as long as I could before I was out of degrees to earn and they kicked me out. But 
loved my time in college and um now it's fun to just be a fan like you said when when all this football success has come about and um I mean I'm always I was proud to be a Clemson alum regardless but now that we've had the success and kind of gotten more nationally known it's it's always a good conversation starter wasn't the uh the old term Clemsoning wasn't that around oh god thank god that's mostly died yeah God, yeah, it was, and I mean, rightfully so. I really, I hate that that was like associated with us, but we did used to lose some games we shouldn't lose, and uh, Boston College and Duke would sneak up on us every once in a while. But thank goodness, most of those days are behind us, and that term's kind of died. But I guess that's what dominating will do. So, so you, you had to do this athletic communications thing, uh, or how did it come about? I mean, what were you planning on doing when you got to Clemson? I mean, what did you want to be? Uh, did this thing come out of the blue or was it completely planned? Well, I knew I wanted to major in communications. I, um, going through the majors when I applied, I mean, that's the only one that really stuck out to me. I feel like I'm one of the few people who actually got accepted into the college that they, like the program that they applied for and stayed all four years. I never changed my major. I was communications from the time I applied senior year of, of high school and with that. So I knew I wanted to do communications. I thought that I wanted to do broadcast journalism and kind of be on camera and, um, you know, until I knew what sports information was to me, that was the only way to have the best of both worlds with communications and sports. So that was kind of the path I thought I wanted to take. And then I took some, some classes freshman year and kind of took the sports and PR route within communications. They have since added a sports communication major, but they didn't have that when I was in school. So I kind of took that track and realized, you know, I definitely liked being behind the scenes more. I didn't see myself like as much on camera as I thought that I wanted to. And so um, the the reason that the sports information um, gig kind of came about for me is I played softball growing up and I like was, I was involved in all kinds of sports, super busy. Um, that's just where I feel at home is staying busy, going and doing my high school softball team was really good. Like loved the competitive atmosphere. We, um, we always went pretty far in the playoffs in high school. And that was like what I did in the spring. Well, really year round. Cause I played travel ball and that kind of stuff. But when um, spring came around my after during my freshman year, I realized that there was things called bat girls at Clemson because Clemson didn't have a softball team. And they're since um, they've since decided to add one, and they're actually going to start next spring. But uh, I just, you know, was itching to be involved and to do something. And through the first semester of college, you know, you kind of got the college stuff under your belt, you start to branch out and get a little more involved. And the um, during my sophomore year, I actually interviewed to be a bat girl, and just you know, hey, I love softball. You guys don't have softball. You have baseball. You're pretty good. I'm probably going to be at these games anyways. I might as well be working and, you know, sit in the dugout and have the best seat in the house. So um, I interviewed and was chosen to do that. So I did that. And then kind of through that is when I realized that sports information was a thing. Um, I would see this guy come down to the field, bring the boxes to the coaches, pull the players aside. And I actually asked their director of ops one day, I just said, who is that guy? Like, what does he do? Because that seems really cool. And um, his name is Brian Hennessy. He's actually still, he's still at Clemson, but he's an assistant director. And Brad, the baseball director of ops said, you know, I know the head SID, why don't you come into my office one day and I'll introduce you, you know, this, 
it sounds like this might be something that you'd like to do. He introduced me to Tim Beret, who's in the Cosada Hall of Fame. Um, All-time SID, great. Everybody in the business knows who he is. But he introduced me to him, and um, Tim offered me a spot to come in that summer after my sophomore year and just do an internship. He said, we won't be able to pay you, but I'll be able to, you know, give you work to do, keep you busy, kind of let you see the ins and outs of the business. And then maybe from there, you'll be able to figure out if this is something that you think you'd like to do. And so I did some super menial tasks that summer. And um, we have, I don't know if they still do this. And a lot of schools don't do this, but this is the crazy difference just even in the last six, seven years was you know, every player had a folder um, with anytime their, their picture was in the paper, they were mentioned in an article, we filed that stuff. And there was a huge pile of stuff that had just stacked up. And he was like, you know, you can file all this stuff. Um, he can answer the phones. There was a couple of research projects and that kind of stuff. And it was definitely the bottom of the barrel work. Um, and after the summer, he, and, you know, he saw how, how willing I was to do those jobs. He offered me a spot as a student assistant. And then through that, you know, I, I did that junior and senior year and then um, somehow got brave enough to ask him if he would let me be a graduate assistant and stuck around for two and a half years to get my master's. But um, it's just crazy how a lot of people don't even know what our field is. And you're, you're kind of piecing that stuff together in your head. Like, well, I know I want to work with people. I know I'm a people person. I love talking. You know, I'm getting a degree in communications but sports are my passion. How can I combine these two things? And like I said, I thought that being a broadcaster was the way to do that. And thank goodness there's other options than that because that career would not have panned out for me. But um, just figuring out that that was an option and then seeing what all they do and slowly each year, you know, getting a little bit more responsibility and getting to help with the stats and uh, some of the players getting used to seeing you around. And, you know, I got sport responsibilities as a grad assistant, things like that just – I just – I'm so thankful that something like being a Batgirl, just so I could have something to do because I miss softball, helped me to find the profession that I'm in nowadays. So that's kind of how I got my start. It's a little bit unconventional, but I think it all happened for a reason, and I'm really glad it did. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So you kind of touched on something that I wanted to ask you. Um, Most people don't know what we do, flat out. Yeah. Um, We get some tweets and DMs now saying to fire our intern our social media intern. And I'm like, I'm not really an intern, <laughs> but it, I yep. mean, how would we change this kind of perception? I mean, how would we go about making this profession a little bit more known uh, to students, to maybe everyday normal fans? I think it's so against our nature to be our own advocates because we're so used to advocating for others. And, you know, like I said, being behind the scenes and being, seen and not heard and, you know, things like that. But I really think it starts from within our profession to kind of advocate for ourselves. And I know that that's uncomfortable for people, but um, I really think that's the best way to get it done. Um, But it is a little bit awkward to do, you know, thank your SID week. I mean, we shouldn't have to promote that because other people should be thanking us, but they don't know it's a thing if we don't talk about it. And Um, I think a lot of the onus falls on us to kind of start the trend and uh, there are lots of ways to do that, but social media, you know, retweeting your school's account, showing, showing what you do, like, Hey, today at work, you know, I did this photo shoot. Most people don't know that I 
have to set up this stuff. And that, you know, sometimes at my D3 school, I, I'm the photographer and just things like that. And um, kind of just raising the awareness through social media, go into those meetings preseason with your teams and saying, you know, you talk to the compliance director, you talk to the AD, you talk to strength and conditioning, athletic trainers, like I'm the sports information director. This is what I do. Get used to seeing my face around if I'm around at practice. If I need something yeah. from you, you know, please answer my emails. I just think we have we have to advocate for ourselves and kind of do a little bit of the work just on the forefront to get it out there. And then then people start figuring it out. But a lot of people don't know what we do. And a lot of people don't know that some of those jobs like wouldn't get done if there weren't sports information directors. Like, do you think your bio just wrote itself or do you think the conference just nominated you, like chose you for that award? Like someone nominated you and, um, you know, someone wrote that game recap. There's, you got to put a face with the job. And um, it is kind of crazy when you're more so when you're on a campus level, which I'm not anymore. When parents will come up and say, I see you at all these games. What do you do? And you say, you say those things, you know, well, when I'm sitting at the scores table, I'm keeping the stats for the game. Like when you're on the, when you're not able to make the game, you know, those live stats you're following or, or what I'm doing um, after the game, I'm still here in the gym when the lights go out. Cause I'm writing that story and things like that. And then they go, you know, I've always wondered who did that. And I never knew. And that's where it comes back to, you know, us kind of having to explain it, which as much as we explain, some people still don't understand, but <laughs> kind of on us to, to kind of put ourselves out there. And then when those awkward situations do arise, just kind of explain it and, uh, I just blame it on ignorance on some people. I don't think they mean, you know, to be vicious or, you know, rude, but they real they genuinely don't know. And there's no shame in saying, you know, I'm so glad you asked. This is what I do. This is my job. And um, a lot of these things that people think just happened, that was me. And we kind of have to do that because if we don't, who will, you know? Mm -hmm. We hear um, another reason why I kind of like this and I really wanted to take this position was, uh, because of this professional stuff. Uh, my boss is really, really big into celebrating yourself and the work that you do, kind of like what you touched on. Um, yep. Our other assistant, she's really, really good about it. She does it just about every other day. I've uh, been here for a month and a half, and I have yet to do that because it's so uncomfortable for me, you know? It is, yeah. it is uncomfortable, especially in this profession, and it's just hard to expect other people to advocate for us if we're not doing it on our own and I mean, there's ways to go about it where it's not rude or it's not brash, but, but, um, we, our stories deserve to be told and we deserve to be recognized because we do a lot of thankless work. And I mean, it kind of starts with us. There's, there's ways to go about it. Like I said, where you're not, it's just so against our nature to steal the attention or the thunder or to accept the praise, but shoot, you got to let people know what you're doing or, you know, you've got to make yourself indispensable and let people know you know, I'm working even when you don't think I'm working. These things that are getting done are because I'm doing them, you know? Um, let's get back to your Clemson work here a little bit. So you went through all your undergrad, okay. no sport assignment, but uh, were there any things that maybe you weren't expecting to learn in those years or I mean, some things that might have taken you aback a little bit? I guess a little bit of it is what we just talked about, about all the things they actually uh, do. You know, I'm doing this work in the office, but then – then I'm going to the events and, you know, at a power five, it's a little bit different because there's more people to help you and things like that. But, um, 
you know, you have to get there early. You have to, we have to set this stuff up. We have to activate the live stats. We have to provide the technology. You know, sometimes the computer has issues. That's also our, our problem. We have to write the script or, um, you know, talk, talk to the marketing department to coordinate this and uh, put these graphics on the video board. Like, I know every school is a little bit different with who handles what, but I think for me it was just determining, like, what sports information does handle and how much there is to handle. Like, like what I was saying, I was just ignorant. Like, I don't, I didn't know you guys did this. I just showed up at the games. Magic, and yeah, basically. I, uh, you know, I, just that awareness. Yeah, it was just the lack of awareness and just, oh, my goodness, like, this is a lot that you guys do. And um, thank God for checklists and to-do lists and st- student help and stuff. But it's a lot of work. And um, that was the biggest adjustment for me as a student, especially because, like I said, in that summer, I kind of just did some of those housekeeping things. And um, But, again, even those things are important and people don't realize it. You know, we'd have people call and say, my son played football there in 1980, like, and we have a file that has stuff in it that they might be looking for. So like everything's important to someone and you're not too big for the job and, you know, it's okay to get in there and get your hands dirty. But for me, it was just seeing all the opportunities there were to learn because I didn't know that, you know, all these things were things. And then I'm, as a student, I'm having the opportunity to learn and learn from some of the best in the profession, but also to kind of hone my skills and figure out how things work, what I like, what I don't like. And I think that helped just kind of set the groundwork for my career, which was awesome. So it was time to leave Clemson. I mean, your, your GA ship was up. Um, what was life like at that time? Kind of looking around, I mean, or some opportunities you thought of, did you want to stay in sports info? Can you really just spare no detail for us? Yeah, I knew I wanted to stay in sports info. It was more so just where and at what level, and especially having only been a GA and only been at Power 5, I wasn't sure how that would translate as far as switching levels or um, switching schools, staying local, going away. Um, I think if I were in a little bit of a different headspace in a different part of my life, I would have liked to maybe gone away and use that time to – just to live somewhere else, but I was engaged and I graduated in August and we got married that July. So when I'm looking for jobs in May and June, you know, I've got to get through this wedding (laughs) before I graduate. I'm looking for jobs, but my husband's from South Carolina. I'm from South Carolina. We met at Clemson. So like this area is really important to us. So I did limit my scope a little bit. Um, I applied for a job at College of Charleston and I applied for a job at Southern Wesleyan, which is a tiny, um, a tiny school literally in the town right beside Clemson. And while, um, actually while I was there, spoiler alert, they transitioned to D2, but before that, you know, they weren't even D2. So, uh, going from power five to D2 was going to be an adjustment, but I interviewed there, loved the people. The AD was fabulous. Um, I just really felt like my heart was calling me to stay, to stay local, kind of foster that relationship with my husband. And it was just, it was very scary because, you know, I had only been a GA, but we had three GAs and we had, you know, Buku's 10 plus staffers that handled just sports information. And so I'm 22 years old and this is going to be my first job. And he's telling me, you know, this is your program to run. We have limited resources. 
We have limited money, limited help. You're a one-man shop, 19 sports, like, figure it out. We're putting it on you. So it was really scary. Um, I ended up only being at Southern Wesleyan for a semester because my husband, who was also looking for jobs, actually got a job at the University of Louisville. So when I had to weigh the decision of, you know, which job we needed to kind of put all our eggs in that basket and being newlyweds, I really didn't want to do the long distance thing. And um, I ended up leaving after a semester to move to be with him. We lived apart for about two months, uh, newly married. So that was tough. But uh, I loved my experience at Southern Wesleyan. But all I needed was a semester to know that the D2 life was not for me. And I have no shame saying that. Not that I think I'm above it. But the the work-life balance is just so hard. And the burnout is so real. You know, as a one-man shop, I was there all the time, every sporting event, you know, just managing a website for 19 sports and doing the stats is a job in itself. And then you've got all these nominations and you're, um, you're having to staff the table with student workers at these events that sometimes don't know how to do stuff. You know, the help is just, it's just not there. And that's no, you know, that's nothing against D2. It's just, it was not for me. And I, just looking back, you know, I was already burnt out and I'd been there a semester. And so it was, I kind of took it as a sign from God that your husband, like, thank God he's got a job somewhere else. And I was able to to kind of say, you know, I'm going to go be with him. I don't, don't want us to live apart. He got a really great opportunity and um, it's a Christian school. So they understood, they, they understood I had to leave the way I did, but um, I still have great relationships with those people. And it all worked out the way it was supposed to work out, but the transition from a graduate assistant at a Power Five to a a one man shop at a D two at twenty two was uh, quite the eye opening experience. <laughs> and um, in hindsight, pro- I was probably a little bit in over my head, but we made it work, and I grew so much that semester and figured out a lot about myself personally and kind of where I wanted to be professionally and what it was going to take to get there. And so I wouldn't trade that experience for the world, but man, I have so much respect for people at D2 and D3. It's just, it is not easy. And I I just, I honestly, I know I can't do it. And I think there's a lot of, like, I'm proud of myself that I can admit that because a lot of people want to do it all. And they, they find shame in the fact that you just can't. Hmm. Yeah. I want to preface something really quick uh, for people probably looking for jobs right now. Not every D2 is going to be like that for you. So, You're right. Not every D2 so, is like that. Yes. Yeah. So um, that's the only experience I have with it. And I mean, I have friends who work at D3 that have three staffers in their office and make it work. But, but jumping in with two feet and that being the experience that I had is, ooh, it is rough. And it's, it's not for everyone. I'll just say that. Yeah, that's where I kind of came from. For people who can do it. My undergrad was D2, uh, but we had 14 sports and four people, including myself. So everything's everything's different. You know what I mean? Like it's just got Everything's relevant. That was just my experience. And I'm glad that you said that, but um, the respect is still there no matter how many people are in your life. Because even if you have the staffing, I know sometimes you don't have the budget and you don't have, you know, the fan base that kind of helps you along or whatever it may be, the, the student workers, whatever, everybody has their, their struggles, but I think they are a little bit amplified at D2 and D3. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about fit here a little bit. You, you said that you had to leave. You went to Louisville, by the way, welcome to Louisville in life because I love Louisville. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Yes. Heath worked at Louisville for a year as the director of golf ops. And I love that city. We were only there for a year because um, he just, he didn't love his job. We got the chance for me to come back. Um, I, well, while he worked in Louisville, I actually worked outside of sports information. I helped with the um, University of Louisville a little bit with some stats and made some connections there. But um, we were only there a year. We wanted to come back home. Living away our first year of marriage was great. We grew as a couple, learned a lot about each other. Also realized that South Carolina was where we wanted to be. So ultimately, when we got the opportunity for me to come back to Wofford, it was just a no-brainer. But I loved Louisville. That city is awesome. If you've never been, go. Um, the foodie scene is excellent. The racing is fabulous. Um, the weather is a lot colder than South Carolina, but still nice. Um, it's just so close to Chicago, Cincy, Indy, Nashville. I mean, we were, you know, I felt like I loved Louisville. That's what, that's all I'm getting at is I loved that year of our lives. And as much as I was happy to move back to South Carolina to be closer to friends and family, I still miss it to this day and, and hope that we can visit. We haven't made it back since, but um, Clemson plays there in football this year. So we'll see if we can make that happen. But yeah, you, you, how's it going to go? I already know how it's going to go. But um, that was my elusive team earlier I was, I was referring to. So um, you mentioned Wofford here a little bit, and you said that you kind of had to go back. You realized that South Carolina was was, was home for you. Yeah. Um, you touched on it very briefly. Uh, I want to know one thing here. What was kind of, like you said, you're newly married. Uh, you and your husband yeah. had to kind of communicate. You had to live live apart, basically, and you had to really align mm-hmm. and figure out what your values were. Um, what would your advice or maybe uh, anything else you want to add to people who might be going through the same thing or m- might be staring down the barrel of the tube of about doing the same thing here soon? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think when you you started with that question, you said, it's about having that conversation with each other. And honestly, that, that really is what it's about. Um, his opportunity was a little bit better than mine. So I was willing to, you know, put my career aside for however long it ended up being a year, but, um, he got a great opportunity. We needed to pursue it. We owed that to, to our marriage. I owed that to him to, to let him see that through. And then ultimately, you know, through, through that experience and that year there, we really, we did have to have those tough conversations and we did have to, you know, kind of reflect back and look at each other and say, okay, this town's awesome. Um, I still didn't have a full-time job. We would never, even if I got a full-time job, be able to buy a house there. It's just expensive. (laughs) Things like that. Like, well, if we're going to stay here, you know, we're, we're going to be in this 900 square foot apartment, you know, paying crazy amount of rent you're going to be working all the time because he was working a lot. Um, and just just weighing some of those pros and cons, you know, we did realize, you know, this is kind of for the birds. We don't really have any friends here. And when you're when you're not in school anymore and you don't have children yet, like how do you make friends in your early 20s? It's hard. And especially, you know, being new to a town. Um, so that's when we were just like, you know, I, I think we've we've done it. We can say we did it. It was great for our marriage, but long-term, you know, thinking about eventually we're going to have children, like doing this, doing us and doing, you know, work-life balance is going to be way easier if we're surrounded by 
familiar environment and family and friends and um, just just weighing those pros and cons, what was important for us. Um, and really for us, I think a lot of it came down to work-life balance and um, just being closer to family. We We tried it. We liked it. Didn't love it. You know, seven hours from our families, a good bit of distance, and we just wanted to close that gap. So it was really that simple for us. Um, but it was, it was a great year. We had, you know, it was a good risk, no regrets, but there's also no shame in saying, you know, we tried it. Wasn't for us. We're tucking our tail and we're going back home. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It worked out the way it was supposed to, but um, it was a, a good year where we learned a lot. I'll say that. So you got to Wofford. Um, you, you mentioned that, or we talked a little bit about your D2 experience, how it wasn't really all that pleasant, which is fine. No, not yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, you came from a place like Clemson where you had the resources, you had the manpower. So now you're at Wofford. Uh, was it everything you expected? I mean, it got better for you, right? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, it's really interesting kind of that I went from Power 5 GA to D2 Department of One to the mid-major level, and that's where I feel like I really settled in. Um, the expectations were a lot more realistic than Power 5 because of the staffing and because of, you know, budget and constraints like that. But I had three people in my office, and I didn't know what that was like because I had done it all myself. So the mid-major level was kind of the best of both worlds. I, some of the things that kind of burnt me out in D2 as far as covering every event by myself, um, staffing student workers, things like that, I had help with at Wofford. But like I said, the the expectations of, you know, we know our limitations. Like, yes, we have more help than you had at D2, but we're not a power five and we don't expect, you know, that kind of, not that kind of production, but just we understand that there are constraints and that, you know, we can only work with what we can work with. And that was just such a breath of fresh air because the other two were kind of extremes. And this was a, a good, happy middle of, you know, I have help. I'm still getting to work with the teams, but I only cover five sports and I can really pour myself into those five sports and those, you know, those relationships with those coaches and those student athletes. And I didn't feel like I was spread too thin and I could truly, you know, embrace the journey without feeling overwhelmed or feeling like I just wasn't, you know, supported or had enough help. And it was, it was just, it came at a really good time just to kind of see the middle because I'd had those two extremes and, you know, I really did just breathe and say, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is, this is a good, happy middle. And, um, even still to this day, like, well, I've already told you, I don't think I can go down to D2 or D3 just because of the work-life balance, but I honestly don't have any major power five aspirations. I think, I think the mid-major level gets knocked a lot for, you know, like just being a stepping stone. And don't you want to go to Power 5? Don't you, you know, why aren't you applying to some of these jobs? And, you know, I, I just don't want that. And not everybody does that. Life's not for everybody. Not that I didn't love it, but um, I'm really happy at the mid-major level. And going back to Wofford was just like such a relief to see like, okay, this is more of the normal school. You know, a lot of people... It's, it's a little more common to have two or three people in, in a department than it is to have one or to have 10, yeah. 12. Yeah. How did these two extreme, like you kind of mentioned, if we're, we're on a scale here, Clemson's on one extreme and then Southern Wesleyan's on another. How did these two extremes, <laughs> uh, 
prepare you for this job at Wofford and even now at the SoCon? Oh man. Um, they prepared me a ton. Just, just realizing, you know, using my time at Clemson to realize what all people do, what all things need to be done and who does them. And then at Southern Wesleyan realizing this is me. I do all of this. Um, I set like Clemson as a video department. Southern Wesleyan doesn't have a video department. That's me setting up a camera on a tripod. Southern West Southern Wesleyan doesn't have a marketing director. You know, Clemson has a, a staff of 10 that does marketing and you know, I have to write this script and I have to schedule someone to do the PA and good Lord. So at Wofford, just realizing, you know, Hey, we have some people that do that. Like that's, this isn't all you, um, like X, Y, and Z, these are your responsibilities. Focus on that. Pour all your energy into that. Do those things well. And we got the rest covered, which is kind of, kind of relieving, honestly. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about your transition out to the SOCON. So you were with Watford and the Terriers there for a little while. Um, actually, believe it or not, I don't know how long ago was this. I remember some not top 10 thing with Watford football. Oh, Lord. Um, it was a, like a reception, like a kickoff reception in the end zone. And instead of kneeling, mm. the guy just kind of started walking and yes. whoever it was knocked the ball out and it was a touchdown. Like, Oh the guy, Lord. I, I, I think that was before I was there. Cause I, I think I would remember that, but that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, that's the only time that I really remember Wofford <laughs> other than this past NCAA tournament season. Um, so yes. you guys, as far as SoCon is concerned, had that representation there. Um, for those of you that don't know, yeah. I was very proud when people were in the baseball press box. They were like, what conference is Wofford in? And I knew. So, yeah, I know. Look at least, you. Uh, I know my time zones. I know my states. I know my colleges. Make me do math and we are screwed. Nice. So, um, <laughs> yeah, what was kind of like. I can relate to that. Again, kind of same phrasing of question. Uh, as when you left Clemson, what was life like when you were kind of evaluating your options? You're at, like you said, you're at the perfect place for you. It was a happy medium, but now you were kind of eyeing this SOCOM job. Yeah, well, um, I actually wasn't eyeing that job. I was, I, I had just finished year two at Wofford. I was going into year three. Um, you know, now that I'm finishing my first year at the SOCON, I think everybody can say just getting year one under your belt going into year two, you just feel so much better. So going into year three, you know, I had the same sports assignments, uh, the same coaches for the most part. I was very comfortable. Love the admin. You know, I love, we loved living in Spartanburg. I really wasn't looking for a job and the, um, the SOCON actually sought me out and just called and said, you know, we have this opening. Um, are you interested in applying? And I, I really had to step back and I was so taken aback. And I said, you know, Maybe I'm not sure. Like I'm, I wasn't looking for a job. I'm happy here, but I'm also honored that you thought enough to call me. And you know, maybe I owe, you know, owe it to myself to kind of see this through. And um, I took a little bit of time, talked it over with my husband, weighed the pros and cons. Um, Spartanburg is the home of Wofford, but also the Southern Conference. So as far as like life changes, like I had about you know we moved from Clemson to Louisville for a year and we'd been back we'd been in Spartanburg for two years so we were you know on year three of marriage and in our third city so you know I was settled so there but there was a little bit of intrigue as far as well you know this is a job change but I don't have to move and I'm already familiar with these people because like you said Walker's in the SoCon you know I talked to 
these people every day. I'm submitting player of the weeks to them. I'm getting game notes from them. You know, I know these people. So that's, that's a big positive. Um, and then the work-life balance was just so appealing. <laughs> so, so I said, you know, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll hear you out. See what you have to say. So the process moved extremely quickly. We, um, like I said, it's in the same town. It's honestly basically right across the street. So um, he had me over for an interview, loved it. Like I said, I already knew I liked the people and I already knew that we wanted to stay in South Carolina. We didn't do all that work to move back from Louisville for me to, to, to move from Spartanburg. So um, I loved my time at Wofford, but it did kind of make me think a little bit, you know, like, well, if I don't take this, like how many other opportunities are there going to be to have better work-life balance without moving without, you know, I, I, I knew the boss at Wofford wasn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. And honestly, through my time at Wofford, I kind of realized that like being ahead of a department isn't super important to me. Um, those people have to do a lot of things that I don't want to do or, you know, I just don't have the desire. And I just felt like the work-life balance aspect just really won out. So listening to him talk about, yeah, 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 we work, we do a lot of work, but when you're at that gym on Wednesday night, keeping that volleyball, the stats at that volleyball game, or you're, you know, waiting up on a story or in a file from a game on the West coast or something crazy, we're, we're doing that work, but we're on our, on our couch at home. And we're, you know, we're still doing the same amount of work, but we have a little bit of flexibility with it. The travel is a lot less. So I heard him out and I was like, you know, this sounds really appealing. I, I don't, like I said, I was a little bit worried about pigeonholing myself. I, I was happy at Wofford, but that was a little bit of intrigue as far as, you know, I don't, I'm not sure I should pass up this opportunity because I'm not sure how often another opportunity as good as this one, as perfect as this one for where I am in my life now. Like, I'm not sure how often those will come around. And um, just a lot of self-reflection, talking with people whose opinions I trust, uh, just helped point me in the direction that this was a change I needed to make. And I never saw myself at a conference office. I love the student athletes. I love the interaction with them on campus. Um, it's It was a, definitely an adjustment, but the work-life balance is worth it. And I wouldn't change it for the world. And now that I'm going into year two with a better understanding of how things go and, you know, um, a lot more familiarity with the people, um, I'm really glad that I made the decision that I did when I did. Awesome. Um, kind of, you, you really leaked over into my next question I have for you. What was the adjustment? I, I mean, you kind of touched on a little bit there, but what has it been like for you going from a, um, a uh, like a department office to now with working with multiple teams in a conference office. Right. Uh, it's different. It's, it's really different. You miss the student athlete, you know, interaction, these people, but just become names and statistics until you get to your conference tournament, you know, you're not laying eyes on these people other than watching, watching games on your computer and things like that. So it's, the, you know, the personalization aspect isn't there anymore. And that is a little tough, but the biggest difference for me, um, I mean, I had a general idea of what they did because like I said, we work together on a regular basis. Anyone that's at a school level works with their conference office. I'm turning in nominations and, um, you know, corresponding via email often, but 
I think the biggest adjustment for me when I transitioned to the conference side was realizing how much of my job cannot be done until the school SIDs do their job. And it just makes you thankful for the people who understand deadlines and like respect your time because I always tried to be like that. And not that anybody doesn't try to be like that, but I think some people try prioritize it a little bit more than others. And, um, you know, I can't, you guys expect these things from me and I'm going to do them, but I also need you guys to kind of get me what I need to do it. So that was a big adjustment to me just to, just to say, you know, I can't, I can't do my job. I can't update these conference stats Mm -hmm. until you send me your stat crew file. And I can't, um, I can't share your story on our website until you've put it up on your website and just kind of understanding like a lot of it is a waiting game and a lot of it is, kind of nudging people gently to, Hey, don't forget, you know, I need this today. Please turn this in. Can you, you know, your coach hasn't turned in their all conference domination. Can you please go knock on their door and see if we can get that? But it's, it's a lot of back and forth with that. And like you said, it's dealing with 10 member institutions instead of just managing whatever Wofford had going on. So it's, um, it's just a lot of overlap and a lot of organization. Um, There's pretty much not any time throughout the year. Maybe it's, week or two in the winter where I only have one sport. So during the fall, you know, I'm going to have 10 women's soccer things and nine, nine volleyball things. So, you know, and volleyball is playing all these preseason tournaments. I'm going to have 30 plus files coming in some days and it's just, Hey, I, I kind of need you to do your stuff so I can do mine. And it's it really just as simple as that, but that was a big adjustment on the conference side because I'm so organized and so, aware aware of people's time that you know as soon as the game was over like I never wanted to be that person that was keeping somebody else waiting and uh just having to be that person that that has no say in it other than you know I'm just sitting here waiting like whenever you shoot me that that would really be nice uh and things happen people forget no big deal but I don't I I don't think that they realize like my work doesn't really start until yours is over so um, and I'd like to go to bed at a reasonable time if I could. So <laughs> the quicker you can get me that stuff would be helpful. But honestly, that was the biggest adjustment was just twiddling my thumbs until things wrap up and then um, just trying to manage my time with all the sport overlap. Like you said, instead of just having five schools or excuse me, five sports to worry about, like I did at Wofford, I only have six sports, but I have, you know, seven, ten teams, depending on which it is that I deal with. So, um, lots of checklists, lots of to-do lists, highlighting email reminders. I mean, I think all of us can work together there, but I'm always reminding people like, Hey, I need this reminder. So I know you probably need this reminder. Your player of the week is due tomorrow. Like, don't say I didn't tell you it's the same as it is every week, but we can all use nudges. So it was, it was a lot smoother of an adjustment than I thought it was going to be, but I definitely feel a lot more comfortable going to year two than I did year one. It was actually this week last year that I started. So, um, you know, women's soccer starts like in two weeks from now, next Thursday, it's a week, but, but they're starting a week later than they did last year. So it was literally day one, like, Hey, you know, get your game notes going. We, <laughs> we've got games. And I'm like, wait, I don't know how to do the conference stat crew software, like someone help. But um, it's honestly been like that every stop I've been at. So other than 
going into year two and year three at Wofford where you have this summer because when I started at Southern Wesleyan, it was the first week of September. When I started at Wofford, it was the last week of September and we had a volleyball game that night. And then when I started at the SOCON, we, you know, we had soccer games that week. So just to, just to be able to breathe this summer and kind of get my feet under me and have a year under my belt as far as how things work, um, I think it's going to be huge because year one's just tough for anybody in a job transition, trying to figure out where things are, how things are done, um, especially with the, the transition from the school level to the conference level, just because it is different. But um, like I said, just really happy to be, to have that first year under my belt and hopefully, you know, all the lessons that I learned in year one, I can make the changes or um, things like that going into year two. So. Yeah, I like how you kind of you knocked out my next question about how we can kind of. <laughs> I keep doing that, man. In a good way too. So <laughs> I wanted to really talk about, um, which is fine, the kind of branching because because I mean we've all been at departments, and I'm sure there are some of you listening right now that like to complain about conference offices not doing X, Y, and Z. Well, you just kind of said it. Like you can't do yep. your job until you they do theirs. So I'm glad that you mentioned right. that. I'm glad that we touched on that a little bit. So just really, really happy that's uh, in the spot that you're at. So I want to transition to part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. So uh, right. first one I have for you, Hannah, is uh, your favorite memory in your professional tenure? Oh man, this is so fun. This is my favorite story to tell. So anybody that's my friend is probably so tired of hearing this. But in my second year at Wofford, we went to North Carolina. Um, most mid-majors will play some Power 5 games just for contract reasons and uh, budget, honestly, for money. So we went to North Carolina, you know, thinking, okay, we've already been to Cal. We've already been to Texas Tech. We, we lost. We held our own. We lost. You know, we're not supposed to win those kind of games. We're here to, to get our paycheck, you know, hit, get back on the bus and go back home. So, I, you know, my game prep that week was pretty much the same as always. I didn't, I didn't do too much extra because I'm thinking, why am I going to do this? I mean, we're not the stars here. This, this is North Carolina's game. This is, we're just, you know, we're just playing them. So, uh, we uh, have the lead at the half, starting to freak out a little bit. Um, the person that does official stats for ESPN um, walks down to the scores table and is asking me, when's the last time you guys – North Carolina's ranked fifth. Let, let me just add that in. Uh, when's the last time you guys have beaten a top five team? I said, what? We're, we've never beaten a top 25 team, like especially at their place and especially the defending national champions. Like this – excuse me, what? This doesn't happen. <laughs> We're Wofford. Most people don't even know how to say the name. Like, people think Woford, Wofford University, whatever. I'm like, really? This doesn't happen. Never. I don't have to look in my record book to tell you that. And he's like, oh, okay, like, just in case. So we're winning at the half. Um, I'm getting texts from my friends. Clemson Sports Information Director, like I mentioned earlier, Tim Beret. Clemson's like, oh, and a million in Chapel Hill. Never won in Chapel Hill. Like, I don't even know what the number is. Oh, and 60-something. So he's texting me and he's like, I've never won in North Carolina. I swear if you win in your first time, like that would be so crazy. And I'm thinking, you guys, we're not like it's halftime. This this lead doesn't really mean anything. So we, you know, the second half starts, we keep this lead. It's just it's just insane, honestly. I'm trying I'm keeping the book. So I'm like trying to focus on keeping the book because that's what I do on the I did on road games and 
the clock keeps swindling, and we still have this lead, and I'm starting to freak out a little bit. And um, I had spent some time talking to the announcers the day before at practice, just giving them a little bit of insight. You know, they knew our main storylines, but I'm thinking, geez, I really didn't give these guys enough to work with. Like, they're they're probably thinking the same thing I was thinking. This isn't really supposed to happen. We didn't prepare for Wofford to play them so closely. And at some point, these people are the national champions. They're playing in the Dean Dome. Their talent, you know, they've got five five stars. They're going to break it open at some point. Like, they're going to come back. They're just screwing around. You know, it's December 20th, right before Christmas break. They're checked out, but they're going to kick it in gear. Well, they don't. Spoiler alert. Uh, we win. <laughs> Never supposed to happen. Um, um, like, getting up with a couple seconds left to go on from the scores table, like just abandoned the book. Nobody cares. Got my phone out, started videoing like the guys storming the court. And then it was just stinking pandemonium from there, to be honest. Uh, I've got someone coming up to me at the end uh, saying, you know, that TV wants Coach Young now. Like there's madness. Wofford people had stormed the court. We're trying to get him through this crowd over to the broadcasters before they went off air. And then I went in the locker room, you know, he gives this awesome speech guys douse him with water and then he has to walk to the press conference in a soaking wet shirt um do his press conference and there's people pulling all the players different directions this was our last game before christmas break so he had already told them you know your families are here just go with your families we'll see you after break like nobody was supposed to ride the bus back it was just kind of free for all at the end of the game it was supposed to be but then i'm like you guys have to stick around people want to talk to you um I was just getting pulled in a million different directions and Coach Young did his press. And then afterwards, my phone is blowing up because national um, national radios want to talk to him. I've got a voicemail from Andy Katz and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I am not prepared for this kind of stuff in my career. Like, you don't you don't think this stuff, this Cinderella type stuff happens at the mid-major level. Like, did not prepare for that at all. Like, and that's probably my fault and like my just, you know, lack of experience in the business was, oh, we're not supposed to win this game. But and we weren't, but we did. And I think that was a big lesson for me to like prepare like you will, because sometimes you do. And that was a just a big wake up call. But that was just such an awesome night. We um, my husband and I and Coach Young stayed in the Dindom after they turned all the lights out in the arena. There's literally people cleaning up, cleaning crews in the stands cleaning up like even they are almost done there's this one security guy who's just hanging out with us because the building's closed and like it's it's like one o'clock in the morning at this point because the game was at nine o'clock on ESPN2 so and it's December 20th like I said right before Christmas their their students weren't there which ended up being awesome but um it, he finally looked at me and just said I'm I'm done like he did so many interviews but then we were going our our separate ways and um Everybody had left. The bus had left. His wife had left. All the Wofford fans went back to the hotel to drink. And, you know, my husband and I had to give him a ride. And we get in the car and, you know, he's just freezing. He's got that soaking wet shirt on from the locker room. <laughs> Asked Heath if he would turn the heat on. And then he just, his phone, he said he had 400-something texts. He was just, he said, we just beat North Carolina. And I said, I know. And I don't know what to say about it. Like, that's just. He's Coach Young is such a great guy. He's now the um, the head coach at Virginia Tech after the awesome year that they just had this year, which 
was hard to see after leaving that program, being year one away from the program, to see them go 18-0 in the SOCON and win an NCAA tournament game uh, was really cool. But he's so deserving of that, and he's such a great guy. And that's just one of my favorite memories ever to make with him. And just I grew so much professionally. And like I said, it taught me so many lessons as far as preparation and um, just ways to handle myself and ways to handle situations like that. And honestly, if I can do that, I, I feel confident that I could do anything because that just threw me for the biggest loop. And But I handled it, and it all got done. And we went our separate ways after that game. And, you know, I'm sending – him meeting requests to his phone that are saying, you know, this is going to notify you 15 minutes ahead, but you've got sports center tomorrow and you've got all this tomorrow. And normally I would just walk to your office to make sure this gets done, but this is four days before Christmas and you're going home to spend time with your family. And I'm going home to spend time with my family. And I have to trust that you're going to call in and get these interviews done because we're going to ride this wave as long as we can. Like this stuff doesn't happen. And he did it. And it was, it was just such an awesome experience, but, um, uh, just just reliving all that. It's just so amazing. Um, I'm 1-0 in the Dean for what it's worth. Sorry, fans. Just let me hop on the bus next time we need to get a W. But it was just, it was just, it, it, honestly, we've talked about this, but it was that much more surreal that I grew up a North Carolina fan. And like, the, what? This doesn't happen. Like, North Carolina didn't win these games, guys. Like, so part of me is like, North Carolina, what are you doing? Like, this is like play your game. You're better than this team. And then, you know, sometimes it's not about the the size of the dog. It's about the fight. And um, it was just so surreal. It was more surreal that it was North Carolina because of my background with growing up a fan, but then just the perfect storm of them being at home, them being the defending champs, being ranked number five. I was just, it was the perfect storm and we played lights out and they didn't. And Stuff like that happens, and apparently you need to be prepared for it because I wasn't, and I will be from now on. But that was honestly the coolest moment. I just have chills thinking about it, but you can't write stuff like that. And my boss now at the SOCON, when he called me and asked me to interview for that job, he kind of said the same thing I just said to you. He was like, you're not supposed to be able to, like, get opportunities like that. And he's actually a North Carolina grad. He's like, that stuff doesn't happen. Like, I don't have a moment in my career that I can look back on and kind of say, this is when I – you know, like a defining moment of this was a challenge. I handled it. Like I'm better for it. And he was like, you like that honestly elevated your career because of the way you handled it. And um, I just, I just can't believe that that happened and that I was a part of it. So super grateful, craziest moment of my life um, story I'll tell forever, but it's just really cool to see the Cinderella story sometime and see the underdog actually win. So Absolutely. Those are, those are my favorite kinds. Of oh, things. yeah. Um, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Um, well, not as much in this profession per se, but I, I have some interest in kind of taking the SWA route um, and the admin a little bit. So um, at every stop I've been at, I've, you know, picked the brain of the SWA. This, this first came about when I was at Clemson. And so I talked with their SWA. I did it at Southern Wesley and I did it at Wofford. Um, she's actually one of my mentors. And now that I'm at the conference, you know, we have 10 SWAs. So I sit in on their meetings. Um, I feel like I've kind of expressed my interest to them and I'm using that to my advantage so that um, I do have that, you know, that group of people. I can ask those questions and they are willing to help. So 
um, I do have a lot of interest in kind of eventually taking on more responsibility from an admin perspective, whether that's at a conference or a school. But um, I just like the platform to enact a little bit more change at that that level, that position, the interaction with the student athletes or the camp, like if it's at the conference level, just interaction with the SWAs at the conference, things like that. But um, there's just so many hard hitting topics in some of those meetings. And um, part of me wants my voice to kind of be heard on some of that. And, and I think that, I think that I would do well in a role like that. At least I hope so. I, I know it would take me out of my comfort zone a little bit and be challenging, but I think it's good to challenge yourself. And I think that that is kind of naturally one of the next challenges I want to face. So, I mean, that's way down the road, but I'm using the platform I have now at the conference to grow those relationships with some of those SIDs and pick their brains, sorry, those SWAs and pick their brains. And just, um, it just reaffirms that that that's kind of the path I want to take. So not many people do it from the media relations perspective, which is, could be a and could be a little bit different. You know, most of the SWAs I know kind of take the compliance route. But um, I think that that to me, that seems like a natural route to kind of go from media relations. Maybe admin role. Yeah, we just um, we just talked to uh, Jackie Pocket from UNDY. She She's uh, media relations there for a long time. And then now the SWA. Awesome. I'll have to reach out to her. I don't know her. So, yeah, she's a big, uh, big into wrestling. Mm. I've uh, done a lot for the sport, and we really, really – actually, uh, me and everybody else really enjoyed having her on. So, yeah, definitely a person to reach out to. Yeah, awesome. I'll have to listen um, to that episode. So, uh, bumping up against time here, but I do have a few more questions I'd like to ask you. Sure. Uh, I'll try to be more No, you're fine. I, I was just kind of <laughs> signaling the end for some people. Like, we talked about the analytics. They start dropping oh, off. Oh, yeah. So, um, work-life balance. What do you do to have fun? Oh, man. I love uh, to read. I'm a big reader. Um, I give myself a personal challenge every year to read 75 books. And as far as every year, I mean, I started it last year and I did it. And now I'm a little, a little bit behind halfway at the halfway point of the year. But uh, I love to read. I have a lot of friends that read. We swap books. We swap, swap suggestions. Um, I track everything I'm reading on the Goodreads app. I will say it's one of the most underrated apps. Use it all the time. But honestly, that's the biggest thing I do. And then like we said, I go to as many Clemson sporting events as I can. Um, I help with the Sparkles in Sports blog. Um, I'm on two COSADA committees. I mean, I know that's not considered in your free time for fun, but to me it is because, you know, if that's professional development. Yeah, and I enjoy being on the programming committee and I enjoy being on the mentorship committee. Uh, to me, that is fun. So honestly, that's about all I have time for. I, I like to sleep when I have time. Um <laughs> that's really it. We're doing a bunch of stuff to our house. We've bought a house about a year ago and are slowly trying to remodel. So between work, that Clemson sporting events and reading books, I mean, that's pretty much the norm for me. Gotcha. Awesome. Uh, I will let you pick next time somebody is in Spartanburg or even uh, Clemson. What's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Ooh, uh, Spartanburg has a place called the freight yard. It's actually made out of old freight containers it's super cool. They have ping pong tables. They have huge big screen TVs, um, really good beer. Um, RJ Rockers, the brewery is, is in Spartanburg. So that's a cool place to go to. Uh, man, anything on college Avenue, if you go to Clemson, I mean, all the bars are right there together, which is, you know, pretty recognizable in any college town, but 
walk up and down that strip right there and stop in any of them and and you'll have a great experience but yeah i would say freight yard in spartanburg or rj rockers and i would say just i mean there's only a couple bars in clemson it's a small college town <laughs> park your car in the parking garage and just walk right there on that strip but um a couple of them have changed since i was in school but it's the same vibe anytime you can go to clemson you should though and um it's it's awesome. It's a really a really great little college town. Awesome. Um, if anybody wanted to have, get in touch with you or maybe uh, wanted to ask you any questions, what would be the best way to do it? Um, social media, email. Um, my Twitter is Hannah Bradley CU. Go Tigers, Clemson University. Um, and my Instagram is Hannah B Bradley. And um, checking all that pretty regularly so they can reach me there. Um, my work email is hbradley at socon.org, S-O-C-O-N, and um, always willing to help. I think that part of the great thing about our profession is how willing people are to help and that um, people are so willing to be a mentor, which is why I have such a passion for the newly created mentorship committee that I mentioned I'm on. Um, I know I wouldn't be where I am without those mentors, so um Anytime anybody needs anything, I'm more than willing to listen or to offer advice. I don't know it all, but I'll certainly try to help. Um, but I'm all about connecting with people. So hopefully some people will reach out. Gotcha. Well, Hannah, we very much appreciate you coming on. We really do. Uh, looking forward to this one. Looking forward to people think about it. Thank you, David. I really appreciate you having me. It was a, a big honor and a little flattering that you thought to ask me. So I appreciate it a lot. I like to give people at least a year at their new spot. So <laughs> I do appreciate that. It, yesterday was a year. So, I mean, we're, we're good. <laughs> I'm right on the money. That's right. So, all right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.